this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, you're in the battleground. It's uh, Monday, 15 August, year of early 2022, the anniversary of the one year of the disastrous pull-off from Afghanistan that we handled in the last hour. Um, we've got uh, two massive races, actually three tomorrow, Ruchani in Wyoming, uh, and, of course, Kelly Chewbacca versus Murkowski. Uh, so Tegman versus Cheney and uh, and Murkowski uh, versus Kelly Chewbacca, also Sarah Palin uh, in the battleground. What I want to do uh, for this hour, I've asked two of our more prominent contributors to really drill down on topics of interest we got to get in back of, and it's Dr. Naomi Wolf. Everything to dealing with now the new CDC guidance, the vaccines, the mask, Philadelphia just <laughs> instituted last week. Mass mandates for the kids for the first 10 days of school. Yet at the same time, you've got universities around the, the area saying you don't need to be you know boosted anymore. It's just total chaos. And so that's why I asked Naomi, who's been doing the tremendous under Amy Kelly, has been coordinating all this amazing research done by the War Room Posse. So we want to get a full update. Second part of the show, we're going to have Eric Prince. Eric has just returned from the Hackers Conference, HackerCon out in uh in Vegas, he's going to tell us everything in the run-up to the summit this weekend in Missouri. Uh, he's going to walk us through everything they're saying about being able to hack the machines and also uh, other updates on cyber technology and cybersecurity. Let's go to Dr. Naomi Wolf. Naomi, I, I don't think it's this entire time, even in the early days of the pandemic, I've seen more confusion, more spin, more. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, the CDC says one thing. Get FDA saying another. These world bodies say one thing. Just where are we in everything? Maybe maybe I start with what should be the easiest one: the mask in Philadelphia. Why under and what what universe are they thinking of putting masks back on the kids to put them in school and do it? I think for the first ten days of the year. It, it's so heartbreaking and so surreal. I I can only imagine that at this, at this point it's gestural. Um, that you know the data are so in and so solid that masks don't help in terms of transmission um, or make a very small difference. And what they do effectively, which we've discussed so much, is hurt the development of children's speech and children's emotional uh, perception of other faces. So I feel like now it's it's like a fig leaf. You know, like all these people are being found out, caught out. Emperor has no clothes. And they're they're just like, you know, like kind of waving a handkerchief in front of a a crime scene in order to kind of distract people or say, well, we're not going to drop it all together. Surely it made some difference. I, I can't speculate. I'd love to know what parents in Philadelphia were told about why their kids had to have to wear masks for the first 10 days and then not presumably, but um, it it feels like the dying of an empire in which in which you know a priestly caste that no longer has anyone believing in them are still sending up you know incense and sacrifices to a non-existent god. 
part of this is now the evidence that's coming back on the vaccine, particularly the vaccine among little kids, children, and also the fact that I think it's Moderna's got 30 million or so many million, uh, tens of millions of unused that people just throughout the world are saying, we're not doing this anymore. We're, we don't want to hear about boosts. We want to hear about more boosts. I think General Austin was reported today, got, you know, he's, he's quintupled <laughs> vaxxed. He got COVID for the second time. I, I realize now they're saying, oh, it doesn't do anything with transmission. It only that uh, it'll help you not go to ICU. Uh, so what what is the update on 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 vaccines across the board and particularly CDC's new guidance, which to me is very confusing because it doesn't make any differentiation at all between vax and unvax. Was this whole thing just a joke? Is that what CDC saying? I mean, this can you imagine how I feel on this day, Steve? I've literally been saying for a year and a half vaccines don't affect transmission. There's no reason to have mandates. There's no physical reason. The manufacturers don't claim that vaccines affect transmission. This is invented, this this kind of mythology that vaccines affect transmission. So you have to segregate people and fire people from their jobs and dismiss people from you know the Air Force Academy and keep people from graduating at West Point if they're unvaccinated. And so now, you know, a year and a half later after countless people have had their livelihoods destroyed. And I hear from these people every day, countless people have had their health destroyed. Um, the CDC is like, oh, uh, you know, oh, sorry. Um, no, not even sorry. Like, oh, well, it never mattered anyway. Don't treat vaccinated and unvaccinated differently. Um, it's honestly, it's, it's like the end of the Wizard of Oz. I said this before, like, everything is revealed and and there is a tiny person slinking away. I mean, that's, that's where we're at. So they lied from the start. Um, they should be held accountable for lying from the start. All these people who have been fired for no reason, you know, have, have causes of action or more, but it's, I mean, I'm just seeing this edifice crumbling um, because so many people have exposed their lies. I, okay, let's go to that. What? So it's CDC actually, is that your interpretation or is that the interpretation they're putting in for people? Because you call them a priestly caste. I, I don't understand how they can come forward with this today and not think that from the airline pilots to the military uh, personnel, so the doctors, nurses, I mean, it's stunning. Quite frankly, you, I don't even really know what you could do for defamation. The last two years, and particularly as we got into the, you know, past the 2020 election and into 2021, you know, people were adamantly sitting there going, hey, now we see science. Now we see evidence that you've rolled this out and you can't put these mandates up there. How did CDC just come out? Did they put forward any evidence studies? How did they just kind of drop this on everybody? And here's the interesting thing. You didn't see it carpet bombed on MSNBC or CNN. It wasn't like they were out there. Fauci wasn't doing the Sunday shows in this. It was kind of like, oh, by the way. Uh, vaccine on vaccine be treated the same. So in your mind, how did they actually roll it out? And how did they have the, you know, the audacity just to kind of slide it out there? Well, they're, you know, they're very well positioned to um, do sneaky things in terms of public health messaging, because they have a compliant legacy media. So as you say, instead of if there if there were real journalists in America, at the Atlantic, or at the New York Times, or at the Wall Street Journal, 
it, it would be a, a front page story. What do you mean all that create a Jim Crow society out of thin air in the United States of America was for nothing? Um, were you lying then or are you lying now? Um, but but it's crickets, right? And they just kind of put it out there and, and have a compliant press. But it is funny to see the CDC try to make a story to justify their um, 180 degree uh, reversal um, that that shows that no one should have been discriminated against in the first place. The spokesperson said something like that they make up this kind of fantasy about how viruses work, right? And how epidemiology works and how populations work. So now they're like, well, we haven't changed our guidance. Science has evolved and everyone has herd immunity and a lot of people are vaccinated. So it's okay to treat everyone the same as everyone else, even if they're not vaccinated. A lot of people have been infected already. I mean, it, it's just, and no, as you point out, right, no studies, no data. The CDC is very good at making pronouncements without linking any scientific peer-reviewed studies to their claims. Um, it's just a, it's just the guidance has been revised. And unfortunately, we in America, who used to be a nation, of independent-minded critical thinkers have been so bludgeoned uh, ideologically and terrified and locked down, um, not this audience, but you know a lot of people we know and love, that people react to the guidance has changed as if that has some magical power. Uh, but really, they the CDC has come up with zero explanation scientifically for why they caused discrimination in the first place, caused people to lose their businesses, to lose their relationships, to lose, I mean, I, I I get emails from people whose lives are completely ruined, like an RN who didn't want to be injected, you know, had to give up his home. He's living in a trailer in the middle of the desert with his family with no water, because that's what they can afford now. I mean, that's what the CDC has done to the United States of America. And now they're like, oh, sorry, no reason, but we're not answering questions. Before we go to your research, which is in, in how you're connecting dots, which is pretty uh, shocking and damning, I just wanted to go back to the Priestley cast. Is it just me, or does it seem like Tony Fauci is now in the witness protection program? He wasn't out front at all about when Biden had it three times in a row or five times in a row. I, I really haven't seen, I know he's been doing some podcasts, but you haven't, he's not rolled out like he used to be rolled out, Sunday shows, everywhere, primetime, MSNBC, CNN. Is he in the witness protection program? And if he is, why is the high priest, why is all of a sudden the high priest somebody that you can't see anymore? I mean, yeah, again, exactly like the end of The Wizard of Oz, it's the great and mighty Oz. But but what is he? He's a a, a man of lies. I mean, so many stories that we were told by his media apparatus um, have fallen apart. You know, he swore that this virus came from a wet market in Wuhan. Well, that's fallen apart. And even legacy media reports on the fact that it was engineered, it would appear. Um, and the, the scientific consensus is now that it was engineered. Um, so much documentation of his conflicts of interest have emerged. And I predicted these long ago, just based on his behavior. I predicted on Fox, I said, we're going to find out he doesn't work for us. He works for someone else. And that turned out to be true. Um, scientists getting royalties, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in royalties, 
um, in, a, in a conflict um, at the NIH that has emerged. So he's not looking good. And, and he is, and, and now, you know, these, these injections, and I think your platform has made a difference. Um, Tucker Carlson, to his credit, keeps reporting on these issues. That has made a difference. Uh, all of the dissident doctors, Dr. Malone, Dr. Alexander, Dr. McCullough, they've made a difference. And certainly the the amazing Pfizer research volunteers, 3,500 of them now, ha have made a difference. Word has gotten out um, to your earlier question about the harms of these injections, these mRNA injections. Word has gotten out about the menstrual dysregulation problems that yours truly got deplatformed for breaking that important story, um, deplatformed from Twitter. Um, and word has gotten out about the heart damage and people are seeing that, you know, healthy young adults are dropping dead. Uh, healthy people are having debilitating illnesses. I just have a new sub stack up in which I assess uh, the scale of the injuries and the damage um, from the mRNA injections and project them based on very conservative models and from government data and from um, data from a German uh, insurer. So very solid data. And I project forward that indeed hundreds of thousands of injuries um, and, and thousands of deaths can be attributed in the United States now to these mRNA vaccines. Again, super conservatively, don't take my word for it. Look at my math, look at my citations. Um, this is a catastrophe and that that's on the level with, if you take the most conservative estimates, it's on the level of the people injured by stroke in the United States every year. And if you take the mo more um, robust estimates, it's at the level of people diagnosed with cancer in the United States every year. So a massive public health crisis, not due to the virus, but now due to the vaccine. So to your point about Dr. Fauci, um, vaccine uptake is flat and it's 2% for children. I think you are going to go to heaven, <laughs> really, Steve. I mean, may you live to be 120, as my grandmother would say. But you know, when it's time for you to show up and account for yourself, um, you really saved, who knows, millions of babies and small children from you're, from harm. And so did you're, so did you're, I. Your so, you know, your li lips your lips to God's ear on that one. <laughs> exactly. Let's go back though. But I want to go. Yeah, but I want to go. But look, we were just a platform. You. Amy Kelly, your team, amazing team of Daily Cloud in the War Room volunteers. Walk through, let's on that subject. Walk through the evidence that you compiled, because I, I, you're you're like uh, Miles and and uh, and and Steve Cortez and all the people. I said, hey, just go back and look at the tracker, what they said, the evidence they put forward, and it all turns out to come true. Walk us through what your research, how is it led you to this point? Yeah. Well, let me share um, the the latest Pfizer uh, documents report because there's been news about that. Um, you all may remember that I shared with you all last week or so that uh, the America First Legal FOIA Freedom of Information Act request uh, released 268 pages showing that the CDC had colluded with Twitter and Google and YouTube and Facebook to deplatform people, including me, for early on um, breaking this very serious story about women having menstrual harms when they were injected. Well, predictably, and I've been screaming and yelling about this for over a year, predictably that is going to result in harms to fertility. And now the Pfizer volunteers, these 
3,500 experts have uh, put up a new report about a 44% um, spontaneous abortion or miscarriage rate in the Pfizer documents. And I will walk you through that report, but before I do, I will say that that was posted this morning on Daily Clout Twitter, which they hadn't bothered to ban yet. And immediately Twitter banned Daily Clout from Twitter and also locked oh, hold, our hold, account. Hold on, hang on, stop. Go back to the top. You guys did the research. What did it show? You put it out and they banned you immediately? Yeah, they and they banned and locked our account. Like they're they're not scared enough yet, obviously, because you know I am suing Twitter, and they must know that. But in the meantime, they're racking up more damages by now having banned and uh, and and I mean banned and locked Daily Clout's Twitter account with thousands of followers, and for a completely I mean when they call this misinformation, my post enlightenment head wants to explode because this is literally, <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is literally, and I had an expensive education, right? I went to Yale. I went to Oxford. I'm a Rhodes Scholar. This is how you're trained to make an argument. This is primary source documentation. It doesn't get better than that. This is an internal set of documents released under court order. These are Pfizer's own documents, right? And they're, they're analyzed by the most highly credentialed people and the links are right there. So there is literally no way, and I'm saying this to the judge in this case, I hope he or she is watching, there is no way this can be misinformation because it is literally information that is like um, primary documentation. It is it is the, the, the defendant's own documentation. So now let's go to why they shut us down. And I'm asking you to notice that this is a war on women, Steve, and it's a war on babies. And it's a war on other people too, that we can discuss. We've got an, a, a new report about harms to, um, to men, which are horrific, which I'll get to if there's time. But right now I want you to notice that Twitter banned and the CDC banned an early discussion about dysregulating menstrual cycles, which you need to have a healthy baby. And now Twitter banned a thoroughly documented report showing that almost half of the pregnant women in the Pfizer internal trials lost their babies, all right? They're keeping this quiet. They're keeping these harms quiet. And in the meantime, women are being told to this day by their pediatricians and by their um, obstetricians, uh, it's safe and effective. It won't harm your baby. You know, go ahead and take the injection. Go ahead and have the booster. Go ahead and have the second booster. And, and they're suppressing the fact that there were 22 dead babies in this one document out of these 55,000 documents in the Pfizer trials. And I can uh, lift out an important paragraph from this critical um, research if you are willing to hear it. Please, please. Absolutely, right. please. So the, the headline is Pfizer misleadingly classified the 44% of pregnancies that ended in miscarriage. And this is a direct quote from the report. A Pfizer adverse events document released by the FDA. So again, like misinformation, this is our government releasing this information under court order, right? Process that. This is, this is your tax dollars paying for the release of this information. 
reveals, and this is on July 1st, 2022, due to this court order, right? Reveals chilling data showing 44% of pregnant women participating in Pfizer's mRNA COVID vaccine trial suffered miscarriages. And there's the link, all right? A section of the document on page 3643 called Listing of Subjects Reporting Pregnancy After Dose 1 shows that 50 women became pregnant during the internal trial. However, one must dig through the rest of the large document and this is why I worship and love these volunteers, they are doing that, right? To learn that 22 of these 50 women who got pregnant suffered, quote, abortion spontaneous, end quote, quote, abortion spontaneous complete, end quote, which means a miscarriage, quote, abortion spontaneous incomplete, uh, end quote, or quote, miscarriage. So this means losing your baby when you don't want to. It doesn't mean going to an abortionist. It means you're gestating a perfectly normal, healthy baby, as far as anyone knows, and you lose that baby. The adverse events report cutoff date was March 13th, 2021, and this will blow your mind, and the FDA received the report from Pfizer on April 1st, 2021. So guys, that was, I'm sorry, but that was over a year ago. I'm sorry to, I know we're not supposed to cry in the war room, but over a year ago, the FDA received this report that out of 50 pregnant women, 22 of them lost their babies. And they did not say anything. Thus, the FDA was aware of the horrifying rate of fetal death by the start of April 2021 and were silent. And Pfizer was silent. They kept up their drumbeat of inject the pregnant women, inject the pregnant women. Doesn't hurt your baby. It doesn't hurt your baby. And, and now, predictably, as you and I have discussed, in, in my Substack, uh, drawing on other Pfizer reports called, I'm sorry to announce a genocide, there is the, the, the scaled up evidence of this horrific cover-up, this Mengele type cover-up, and I'm Jewish, I don't say that lightly. Uh, if, you, if you extrapolate globally to all the pregnant women who are injected, it explains, it could explain what we're seeing now of a baby die off, 200% rise in neonatal deaths or spontaneous abortions and miscarriages in Scotland. Sorry, um, 86 babies died in Ontario when they usually have five or six. And in Israel, a 34% rise of spontaneous abortions and miscarriages to so, vaccinate versus unvaccinated. So this, 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 tie, this, tie, this ties back to the Ontario to Israel, and I think you mentioned Scotland. I wasn't familiar. I was very familiar with the Israel and the Ontario. And by the way, what we want to do is have you back on tomorrow because it I can take you a little past the segment, but this is too too um, meaningful and powerful. In in the documents that you got and the team went through, and particularly drilled down, wouldn't they were supposed to turn over everything, right? All the email. Am I right when they send these documents over in this research? They were also supposed to send over their emails in their conversations. Wouldn't it have occurred that someone inside of Pfizer or the FDA, shouldn't there be some back and forth communication? Because someone had to have seen what was happening here and raised the red flag and say, hey, we've got a problem. 44% of these women are spontaneous aborting. Uh, maybe we ought to have a meeting. Maybe we want to get on a Zoom call. Maybe we ought to have a chat, right? I can't believe... I, I do believe in seeing some of the things there's some of them are the Mengele guys, the Nazi doctors, 
but I can't believe everybody is. So, right. so it, it, the question is technically, did you get all of the internal emails from this around this topic, or you just had these reports that you had to dig, you had to burrow in and dig out that yourself? So, Steve, no, we don't have emails. Um, the the FOIA was just for these um, scientific documents, so we don't see anyone talking to anyone about these documents. Although I'm sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why um, the FOIA did not include uh, all communications around it. I can reach out to Aaron Series organization and ask, but uh, the experts that we have are literally just working with the internal scientific documents that then were all shared with the FDA. And that's something that should definitely be FOIA, especially now that we see that the seat from the other FOIA that the CDC and Twitter were communicating to to silence discussion about this. Um, and I can talk to my lawyers, uh, Scott Street and John Howard, who are suing Twitter and the CDC on my behalf to extend that and see if we can um, include any communications that the FDA had um, about closing down discussion of this or, or as you say, someone at the FDA, because the FDA is, 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 are there transmission, are there transmission documents in your possession in this, you know, the tens of thousands of pages that were supposed to be blocked for 75 no, years. And now I think I know why there's no, there's no transmission a thing of actually transmitting it to the FDA or transmitted it to any oh, of the priestly cast. That's a good question. I'll ask, Amy Kelly, the Genius Project Director, to search. I haven't seen any, and n none of the volunteers have alerted me to any, but we haven't done a specific search for, like, here's a cover letter so saying... My, 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 my understanding is that there's still, there's still a task force. You know, remember, we're still under emergency. We're still under emergency measures because, as you remember, Biden extended it, and you said this is a big problem. Um, they still have a task force. You would assume that information at this uh, of this import would have gotten to the task force, and if it didn't, the question is why didn't I tell you what, Naomi? Hang on for uh, just through the break. We're gonna go through a break, and I'm gonna hold you over. I want to get a couple of things cleared up and then set up for to have you back tomorrow because this is too um, important. Okay, Naomi Wolf on these incredible documentation that the team is going through and just what they're finding. And now you see the CD saying, hey, no difference between vax and unvax. Might have destroyed your career as a pilot. Might have gotten you kicked out of the military. Might have not let you walked in the graduation ceremony at West Point in the Air Force Academy. But hey, no harm, no foul. Or in this case, maybe harm and foul. Short commercial break. Back with Naomi Wolf and Eric Prince in a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. 
It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Naomi Wolf uh, is our guest, Dr. Naomi Wolf, about all the studies she's been doing and, quite frankly, completely blowing our head up here. Uh, what I want to do, we don't know the time. We're trying to work at her schedule, but she will be back on the war room or in battleground sometime tomorrow. We'll figure that out, and then we'll put it up everywhere so people know this. And, Naomi, we haven't finished even with the woman's part yet because there's so many questions we've got to drill down. And you've got a whole presentation on, on, the, on uh, the, the impact on men. We'll make sure we get to that, at least start it. I think yeah. this probably will be a daily for the next couple yeah. of days because we have to do this. The CDC just comes out with this flippant, you know, oh, there's no difference between vax and unvax. And, and then the Philadelphia school, oh, what we're going to do is just mask the kids for 10 days. It's just people are, they're just this priestly cast. They think they're off the hook and they're not off the hook. And that's why it's so important what you're doing at Daily Clat and what the war room Posse is assisting you under the tutelage and guidance of Amy Kelly. And now yes. your lawyers, um, we got to bring the heat. And it just shows you. And for people who say, oh, well, you know, the pandemic. So she put out additional reporting this morning. And Twitter automatically takes her down for disinformation. They're up in your face. They're up in your grill on this. And it's yeah. not going to change until we start punching back. It's just, hey, she puts the report up, the study that's all footnoted. It has. You know, all the data, all the evidence, and she can do the math. But you can argue, hey, she got this wrong. I don't believe in that part of the equation. You took this and you extrapolated. That's all part of the scientific process and the debate that should go on, obviously, on everything. We're not saying what Naomi Wolf puts up is holy writ, but it's not to be taken down immediately by some grundoon at, uh, at Twitter, which obviously has the team on Naomi Wolf. 
right? Because and like they have on McCulloch and like they have on Malone, like they have on all of them as disinformation, as the as the the mark of Cain disinformation. Naomi Wolf. Yeah, well, I'm banned from Twitter, so they actually took down Daily Clout and now have banned Daily Clout. So uh, even the platform where these primary source documents are being published has now no presence on Twitter, which means there's no way for the whole millions of people on Twitter to know what the threats and and harms are that are emerging in these reports. Um, And I guess always... Can we we have your other social media? By the way, you can tell your parents a lot that that uh, expensive education, the Yale Oxford Road Scholar. I guess Twitter's telling you suck on that, baby. Exactly. <laughs> we don't care. You put doesn't count as matter. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, well, before <laughs> yeah, don't hold. Yeah, don't don't pull the don't pull the don't pull the credentials on me. We're gonna t- we're gonna take Daily Clout down now and permanently yeah, ban you. Exactly. It's un- it's unbelievable. It is. This women will understand how tragic this is. Pfizer took those deaths of babies, those spontaneous abortions and miscarriages, and recategorized them as recovered, resolved adverse effects. In other words, if you lost your baby, it was categorized by Pfizer as a resolved adverse event, like a headache that got better. That's the last thing I want to share with oh the women God. of America oh and the grandmas of America. That's what. That's what. That's the Orwell. That hold on, hold on, slow down. Give me the Orwellian. What did George Orwell himself think that up for him? But give me the Orwellian term for for the spontaneous abortions, losing their babies. What's it called? Okay, so Pfizer notes the miscarriages as serious adverse events with moderate or severe toxicity ratings. However, all of them were recategorized by Pfizer in the internal documents under the category adverse events that were recovered or resolved. Like you had a problem when you had a baby, when you lost the baby, you recovered from that problem, it resolved the adverse event, the negative thing. Uh, the miscarriage is like a is, is in the same category as a headache that went away. If you oh lost your God. baby, Pfizer said your adverse event was recovered or mm. resolved. Mm. These are monsters. Well, I'm They're very monsters. proud of, of all of our... No, you called it first. We had the guy Daniel Horowitz wrote the book or this rise before that you called it a year and a half or two years ago. He said these guys are like the Nazi doctors. This would be way before the Holocaust. He says it started with the doctors. Doctors were there eight years or seven or eight years before all that. It starts with that and I'm telling you, you called it out. What what how can people what what's the social media and where they go to the site that people can get to you? Thank you. Go to dailyclout.io. You'll read this report there. All the reports are there. And also the the related one, which I'll be discussing tomorrow, as soon as you can have me back on, about men and sperm count, which really parents of teenage boys and baby boys need to know right away. Um, and additionally, you can find me on Dr. Naomi R. Wolf on Getter. Um, and please keep reading The Bodies of Others as my platforms vanish. Um, it's really my book that speaks uh, for me. The Bodies of Others can be uh, got at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, your local bookstore, allseasonspress.com. And it'll show you how we got here and what we can do about it. But do please keep supporting us because that, that, we're on a mission. That book, The Body. The bodies of others go to Amazon. You can get that is the hero's journey. It's just absolutely amazing what the book is. And it's so powerful. And I guess you'll be screaming when you read it. You'll be screaming at the walls. But remember, Naomi Wolf's going to punch through this. That's how we got to do it. Dr. Wolf, thank you very much. for Join us here. Thank in the you.
Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, Eric Prince and uh, Brother Patterson are on here, and they're going to tell us, Ryan, they're going to tell us about HackerCon. you got to make me feel better, guys. I'm so depressed. I'm actually energized that we're fighting back on Big Pharma. And Eric, you and I have spent so many hours talking about this and the implications of it. Tomorrow, she's going to drop this report they're working on, uh, on about sperm, the, the abortions and the, self, and the spontaneous abortions and menstrual are bad enough. But uh, what the team has done in research is just incredible. So tell us about the, you were out there with the rogues and the rebels. Part of it was to, uh, was <laughs> to make sure that you could get hackers or try to hack into your own system. But give us overall, HackerCon, what, what, was, the, the, what was the general tone of things in the most important cybersecurity conference in the world? And particularly this weekend, we're going to go we're with Mike Lindell in the summit talking about the trial of the machines and hacking into the machines. Where, is that just a fantasy? of crazy people like Mike Lindell and Tina Peters, or do the smartest, toughest, uh, most expert people in the world in hacking think that the machines are, are vulnerable, guys? Uh, Steve, this is my first time at DEF CON, the big hacker conference in Las Vegas. I've been to Vegas many, many times, mostly for the SHOT Show and those kind of places, so it's definitely it would, an unusual experience. Uh, it is basically a it's 25 conferences within a conference, and they're doing everything from aviation hacking, um, car hacking, physical lock hacking, um, a voting machine hacking area, uh, dozens of conference, uh, dozens of speakers, et cetera. And we went there because we wanted to crowdsource our security for unplugged phones. And so um, it's the right place to gain the knowledge, to, to meet the kind of people that are after this. We met people from the military, from uh, all across the spectrum of, of defenders and attackers. And I would say on the, on the election hacking, already in 2017, they started doing um, uh, attempted hacks on voting machines, and they got into them within two hours. So, And they were busy at it again uh, this conference as well. And so I would say... Um, the voting machines, and, and, and you can even look at it from the business side, making voting machines is not very big business. And so it's hard to get companies to spend a lot of money on the, on the defensive measures that they should, considering how important voting machines are to the republic. Uh, government tends to buy low-cost goods, not necessarily the highest quality. And uh, what I can say, I, I, I don't understand the detail of how they were hacking, but they were busy hacking those same kind of voting machines across the spectrum of manufacturers today. So again, we were there to meet the right people, to, to get guidance as to the kind of uh, uh, bug bounty, the kind of uh, rewards that need to be out there for, for us. And so I'll, I'll pass this to my colleague, Ryan, who is a true pro from the uh, information security and messaging industry about what we're doing to crowdsource our security. Ryan? Great, thanks, Eric. Yeah, what was interesting for, for me to realize is we had both the, the technical hacking side of thing, but then also the human hacking side of thing. There was an entire social engineering uh, curriculum at DEF CON. Um, and, and normally when we get into things, it requires a little bit of both, right? You need to get somebody who's willing to say, here's a pathway in. And there was a, there was a competition where people were calling into companies and trying to get username, password, access, What's the physical access in a, in a building look like? Who do I need to talk to? Um, and so as we sat, we, 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 had, we, had a, we had one idea of what we wanted to do for the bounty and the crowdsourcing of our, of our platform, uh, the security of our platform. But then we came away and thought like, 
we could make this much better. So, so here's what we're going to do, Steve, and we're, we're going to announce this, all the rules on the 1st of September. Um, so you're getting the first preview. Um, we're going to put two dozen phones around the world um, in Israel, Jordan, South Africa, Ecuador, uh, the United States, all over. And those phones are going to be running our unplugged VPN, our unplugged messenger, and they're going to be passing back and forth to each other in group texts the password for a cryptocurrency wallet that's got $5,000 in it. If you can get to that wallet and find our password, that $5,000 is yours. If you then come back to us and say, here's how we got to the wallet and give us the pathway with, with which you got it, we've got $25,000 more for you, escrowed with, with attorneys ready to go. We're going to publish the locations of all the phones, um, city and country, not, not any more precise than that. We are going to publish all of the phone numbers of the phones. Um, the phones will be continually pushing messages around. We'll be able to provide updates and, and visualizations of where messages flowed all over the world. And our whole goal is to get other people uh, to, to look at it. Eric talked about this crowdsourcing. You know, you hand it over to one person and they do it. You can't replicate it. You hand it over to 100,000 people and they all get after it. Uh, you, you, you learn so much uh, from the crowd. And so we're, 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 we're really excited to be able to, to announce this first here on your show. Uh, all the rules will be out on the 1st of September. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to some, after what we saw in Las Vegas, we're, in, we're looking forward to some very, very competent people uh, going after our phones. Is, is, is Again, the, uh, is the, uh, yeah, go ahead, Eric, go ahead. And remember that's unplugged.com forward slash war room, where you can pre-order a phone and you can download our secure messenger VPN and app suite right now. Uh, come and join and, uh, and guarantee secure communication with your friends, family, and, uh, and colleagues. You you guys pride yourself in the encryption key and this that it's unhackable. That's why you're going out to the. That's why you're going out to the, uh, to to the world to say, hey, we challenge you to do this. But in the attitude when you go to DefCon is that these people think everything is hackable. They don't think there's been a system yet, whether it's a whether it's a cryptocurrency or whether it's a nuclear code. Now I realize there's there's a vast percentage they haven't hacked. But the attitude of these guys, these are real rogues, rebels, and, and gunslingers, right? Yeah. It, 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 and so I, I started to talk a little bit about the fact that it usually takes some technical and some personal. And we look back to Edward Snowden, um, the biggest stuff that, that got hacked from our nation. And that included a human and some technical access uh, and some technical prowess. And, um, you know, if, if you can always the, the biggest flaw um, in our systems are the humans that are on the other side of the keyboard. Um, and, and that was, that was why it was so interesting for us to see physical locks, technical locks, and then, and then cognitive locks, uh, and people be able to hack humans, um, to get them to give up things that they shouldn't give up. So if you've got a human let on the go, inside, let me go, let... let me ask you, um, when you talk about your your system is so sophisticated, right? It's like some of the ones in national security because you two guys come out of national security. When I talk about elections and the run-up we've got to the summit this week, that breakout session they had over the elections, that's not really the pros from Dover. I mean, they hack into these machines. They say, this is not me, and I'm not a machine guy at all. 
but they, they sit there and correct me if I'm wrong at DEF CON and say, hey, we hack into these things in a couple hours because it's just not, they're not that complicated. Is that the sense that you guys get also? I would yeah, say so with the amount of money that's been thrown around at elections, the chances of hiring professional hackers to do malfeasance to an election uh, machine is quite high and it's extremely dangerous. And uh, uh, it, it's almost an argument to go back to, uh, to, to, to paper or to something that is a uh, very solid state and less likely to be hacked. Well, I'm not even talking about uh, you could you could have professional hang for a second, Ryan, you jump in here. Nine professional. Uh, Eric, the CCP, the Russians, Eastern Europe. I mean, the guys are the experts in the best in hacking. Let's leave the United States folks out for a second. Are uh, what I saw bad hombres from bad neighborhoods. Right. It's all the Eastern European guys, you know, Bulgaria, Romania. It's uh, Ukraine. It's Russia. Or it's the CCP, North Korea, or that area up in Manchuria that's really kind of no man's land, right? So forget even the individual entrepreneurial bandits and pirates, but just state-sponsored hacking in this has got to be a national security concern, right? And I don't know why it's not put up as a higher national concern, a security concern by the administrative state. Because as you said, these contracts are led to the lowest cost bitter as these state governments and local governments and even where the federal government government is they're not that sophisticated at least not that sophisticated as far as the ability to to beat off uh hacking and i realize i keep saying they're not hooked up to the internet never hooked up to the internet but it seems to me enough professionals are out there that are questioning that that it's something that's got to be dealt with now uh, ryan let me start with you and then we go to eric yeah, yeah again i just i think I think one of the things that gets glossed over a lot is is that the attack surface, the attack vectors are, are, are broad and, and they start with connection. At some point in time, these machines are connected to the internet. Um, during the operation of a voting, they're not. Um, there are folks that can get close enough to a, a device proximity, RFID, RFID or, or other proximity where they can get into those. And then there is the human side of this where somebody can make a mistake and give somebody access that they did not intend to give access to, right? So there's there's long, there's far away um, network access, there's proximity access, and then there's human access that, that come into all of these things. And and, and it, it often gets, it often gets, devolved down to like this person hacked into the internet and, and that's that's not how any of our major breaches um that we've seen anywhere in the globe have happened it's always been a combination of those three things eric your thoughts on this yeah as ryan says with with broad access close access and of course the invariability of humans either making a an intentional or a a unintentional mistake uh, clearly, there's a lot of access, a lot of ways for bad things to happen in voting. And, uh, you know, our, our elections are so contested because government has just become too large. Uh, it is our job to just make it smaller so people can go on with their lives. But uh, but we're going to things are going to get really, really ugly if people continue to lose faith and to, to question the validity of these elections. And so it, it, it must be tightened down. And it's something that you can do at your local level to make sure your local election is tight. You can demand it at your state level. And of course, the federal government, we know, uh, has its own set of issues. But um, that's the, the strength of our federal system. Hopefully, most things still affect us uh, at our state and local level. Uh, and, and, and the federal election has to be tightened up. 
and uh, and I believe you said there is a big Supreme Court decision pending uh, that will put those decisions back in the hands of state legislatures and take it away from yes. activist uh, yes. uh, governors and secretaries of state. That's a very very key decision. Independent state legislature. Enough. Yep. In in the couple of minutes we got left, uh, you know, we we have uh, home title lock. We have a lot of sponsors that are there to tell people, hey, it's a new universe out there when everything's digital, everything's online. What's just your general takeaway in coming, uh, going to DEF CON and seeing the number of hackers, the depth of their talent, the scale of what they can do? Uh, is it a, is a, uh, are you more comfortable with cybersecurity today? Or are you saying, hey, this is, this conference ought to be called DEF CON 1? Uh, well, I, you know, private companies take this much more seriously because they have legal exposure for uh, for disclosure of private information. Uh, Ford, Tesla have vehicles there where people could hack them, and whoever hacks them the best uh, gets a vehicle. And the companies learn from that experience. They, it's well worth them spending the vehicle and sending people out there because they are constantly probed. They are crowdsourcing security. That's why we are crowdsourcing our security for Unplugged by by casting it wide for the world. The problem with government is it's tend to be slow to adapt, uh, very bureaucratic, even if it's the best intentions of, of people running the government, they're still very, very bureaucratic and slow and they don't really adapt to the, the modern threats and nuances. Now, if you couple um, that much exposure on top of, uh, I would say, uh, perhaps bad intent by some bureaucrats, it's a very, very volatile combination, and it must be addressed and repaired immediately. Ryan, we got about a minute. Give us your summary about how can people look forward to the one September start of this. So, as Eric said, you know, we're we're really looking forward to putting the crowd on this problem. I, I've I had the pleasure of serving in a couple of very fun government agencies that did research and development uh, for the Department of Defense. And they crowdsource things, everything from autonomous vehicles to cyber defense and other things. Right? And, so, and so everybody has now realized when you get a larger set of eyes to look at a problem and folks that are willing to spend a few hours, when you bring that together with some potential prizes, whether they be you know a little bit of a prize for everybody or a large prize for somebody, um, you, you get to outsize your ability to have folks help you get more secure. Um, I, 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 I think there, there is still this, this place where people don't understand just how vulnerable we are in our everyday communication on yeah. everything we do yeah. all the time. Agreed. Uh, Unplug.com forward slash war room. Go there. Check war it room. out today. We'll be back at 10 o'clock. Eric, Eric Prince, Ryan Patterson. Thank you guys very much for joining us. Thanks, we'll see Dave. you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock in the war room.